If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites according to a recent Indeed survey. With Indeed, everything hiring is all in one place and it makes it so easy. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences each day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. The more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join the more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Indeed.com slash podcast. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to the Bad Girls Podcast. I'm Julia Child. Just kidding. I'm Lauren. <laughs> and I'm Julie. <laughs> and today I'm in a weird mood. And we are talking about The Crown Season 5. I have a lot to say about this. This was huh. this was a roller coaster for me. This was so overdue. I had anxiety and excitement and all the feels. This was so, so good. Feels. Yeah, it was really good. We talked about The Crown gosh, over a year ago that it was coming and we knew who was going to be in it. But let's just go over it again. So Imelda Staunton was Queen Elizabeth. She did wear a pink sweater in one of the episodes. She wore a pink sweater. I know. And surprisingly enough, I wasn't triggered. I was expecting it. I wasn't triggered either. There was so much going on and she did such a good job as Queen Elizabeth that it didn't trigger any sort of I didn't get any umbrage vibes. I was so happy. Okay, so Jonathan Price was Prince Philip and he was just spectacular. And then Leslie Manville was Princess Margaret. Dominic West was Prince Charles. And I feel like he did a really good job with the accent and the mannerisms, but he's still too handsome to be Prince Charles. I just saw Dominic West. Oh, okay. I have feelings on this. He did a great job. Yeah. He made me want to hate Charles so much more. (laughs) give the man his award he did the job he understood the assignment pretentious you know all of it privileged yes yeah and then johnny lee miller was the he was prime minister okay and then olivia williams played camilla parker bowles who just uh, the only person i saw she did so good they did the hair i mean she just they cast her so well i really loved seeing the personal side of her story you know i did too but like i didn't feel sorry for her at all i was like yeah you should be embarrassed Watching The Crown season four, you know, they were kept apart. That's who he chose. But they're like, no, you can't have her. So it kind of sucks for her because she's loved him for a long time. And it's like, well, what do you do? I don't know. I kind of felt bad for her. I could put myself in both their shoes, her and Princess Diana. Either way, it sucks. I don't feel sorry for folks who are allowed to have their cake and eat it too. And she's in that category for me. Her husband tolerated whatever because it was The Crown. And until he was officially made a fool. And because they got caught, he would have been okay going about his merry way. But when they did get caught, that's when it registered. It wasn't shameful for them. It wasn't they couldn't move on. I don't know. I just don't feel bad for either of them at all. That's what I remember most growing up. Was their scandal coming out? There was parts of their scandal that I didn't know about as a kid because my mom kept me sheltered from that part. My mom would always say, and this is why you don't cheat. 
it's just a really expensive decision to make for Charles not to think about that and just be so pretentious about it. I was like, hey, douchesaurus, take accountability. Douche canoe. <laughs> yeah. Take some accountability for your actions, sir. Oh, yeah. He's not going to take any accountability. No. Elizabeth Debicki was Princess Diana. She, she was. was Princess Diana. There was no questioning. No. I can't unsee her as anything else now. And I initially only saw her as this villain character from Guardians. Yeah. She was the lady in gold in Guardians. She was, she embodied Princess Diana completely. I can't unhear her voice as Diana, her mannerisms, everything. Yes. I saw this reel of like a side-by-side of this moment during the interview where they're saying the same thing. It is exactly the same. It's identical movements, facial expressions, timing, just everything. And if she doesn't win an award, oh, I'm going to... It's because the monarchy had a hand in it. Yeah. Because <laughs> they got triggered by her performance. Season five, so we see another set of cast changes. So the focus is shifting to probably one of arguably the most turbulent decades of the Queen's reign in the mm-hmm. 90s. So we have the arrival of the Al-Fayed's. Diana and Charles was divorced. The Andrew Morton book comes out. And BBC Martin Bashir interview are all covered in these episodes. Let's get into the tea because I have a lot to say. So here's the part of the show where we spill the tea. We are talking spoilers, people. We have seen The Crown season five and we are talking about it. I thought Diana was going to die in this season. So did I. I I really thought she was going to die. I thought they were ending it after the season. I remember talking to you about it Mm -hmm. back when we first reported and we're like, oh, this is a season. We're not ready. You're not ready. I'm glad they at least introduced the Fayeds in this. I mean, I love their episode in general, but I was like, oh, how do I feel about this? I'm not ready. And only to realize, oh, just kidding. We get another season. Okay. This is a slow burn. So a Mm -hmm. lot did happen in this season. And the way that they paced it, they really gave us a good introduction to like Dodi Al-Fayed and that whole situation. And they're building it up because I think when it happens, I think it's going to happen mid-season six. And it's just going to tear us all apart. That's my guess. That's not a bad guess. Because they have to show the aftermath. They have to show how the queen responded. They have to show the funeral and all that stuff and kind of what's happening. And and maybe Prince William kind of moving up and you know going off to college or whatever. So... I don't know if we're going to see Camilla and Charles get married. I don't know what we're going to see next season, but... They didn't get married till 05. Right. That would be interesting. So that would be another 10 years. Right. So if each couple of seasons is 10 years of time. Yeah. We got through five years in this season. So maybe we'll get through another five or maybe another 10. I don't know. Did you see any comparisons between Megan and Diana? How they were portrayed being alienated from the monarchy? Because that was... For sure. Yeah, that caught me off guard. I wasn't I think expecting that's that. Why, yeah, I think that's why Harry was like, this happened to my mom. I don't mm-hmm. want to see this happen to my wife because it is alienating and it, it makes you lonely and you're all by yourself. But the difference is Megan had the support of her husband. Right. Right. She had a good, re- she has a good relationship with her husband who actually cares about her, loves her, and is there for her. Meanwhile, Princess Diana was by herself. So it's the same type of stuff happening, but the difference is, you know, she's in like a a supported marriage. But yeah, so many similarities. There were very strong comparisons between the two. They wanted to highlight, this is what Diana went through. And this was, this set the tone for Megan. 
and not just how she was portrayed in the press, but how much the monarchy was silencing her. And yeah, and kind of trying to make her look unstable, crazy. And, you know, she talked about her, you know, postpartum depression and like nobody in the monarchy has ever been depressed before. So they didn't talk about it. They didn't know how to support me. Well, and back then they still didn't talk about it in the 90s. And our generation was the one that normalized mental health, not theirs. It was just a very interesting perspective to watch. Yeah. And just the two sides where it's like, we're doing everything for you, Diana. We're always supporting you. We never say anything bad about you, even though you're doing this and this and that, and you're just causing all this trouble, but it's still this kind of like she's seen as a problem. So I'm very curious. What was your favorite episode? I'm going to go with the season finale. I loved seeing the queen tear Charles a new one when he went to the new prime minister to have a private conference. And she was like, oh, hell no, son. I'm not sure if you know who goes here, but it's not you. It is not you. He was so shady this season. He was, again, a douchesaurus. I was not a fan. The way she did not back down and said, I don't know whose house you think you're in, but it's mine. Mm -hmm. Who's the sovereign? That's right. It's me. She's like, this job is for life. Yes. Which you knew. You're not going to become king until I'm dead. It's like, what did he think was going to happen? Like she's just going to retire just because you're feeling antsy and you want to be king. No, sorry. Take your little tantrum somewhere else, please. Right. And it's, I don't know, kind of poetic that he couldn't be king till he was in his 70s. Like he's, yeah. he's the oldest new king in that respect. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Your mother lived a long and healthy right. life and did a great job. Poor you. <laughs> the way the show gave that perception that he was semi-encouraging of that article so that he could possibly influence her to give up the reign. I don't know. Yeah, because that's like saying, I mean, that's treason, basically. Yeah. that's They're saying that he committed treason, which, you know, that's a big thing to say. But it, it also is, you know, fictionalized. And mm-hmm. Yes, they did put that disclaimer. I have well, to say, my favorite episode was episode nine, which is couple 31. So the way that they paced that episode with these couples coming into divorce court and they have Ooh. to talk before like a, a therapist and all these mm-hmm. different issues. I was like, man, that is just, Ooh, it hits close to the heart, you know, and seeing the breakdown of these couples and then, I you agree. know, any sort of marriage breaking down, you can see that it was never going to work right in the beginning. Just the feelings of, you know, watching these different couples and why something doesn't work these couples saying like, well, he's never home. And he's like, I'm trying to make money. She's like, well, my father's always there. This, And it's just the opposite side that just can never come together. And then it's like this marriage is summed up into couple 31. But I think with Diana, like she was so in love with him, you know, and then finding out that your, your husband, like hoping that he's not being unfaithful, but finding out that he is, and you just never stood a chance. Right. He was never in the marriage. That's got to be devastating. You know, she had all these hopes and dreams. And she said, I married the man, not the monarchy. Right. Like, I, I wanted to be with you. You know, and it's just so sad. No, my heart hurt for her. But I was also excited to see her play the field a little bit. And I'm excited to see her happy. Most shocking moment for me. I think this was more, I was very surprised by the way they portrayed Diana and William's relationship, how she was so like emotionally dependent on her son. Mm -hmm. And she's like calling to tell him about her special friend. And, and he's like, I I need you to stop telling me these kind of things. And he had kind of had a talk with 
his granny over tea and she's kind of realizing like, oh, maybe she shouldn't be telling me these things or kind of depending on me emotionally because Dana was lonely. Right. But just the fact that she was kind of, you know, she's like, he's stronger than you think, but he's still a child. He still has enough. And when she had that meeting with the queen and, and Anna's like, William's stronger than you think. She's like, no one's arguing that, but he already has enough on his plate to deal with. And you don't need to be like kind of putting this emotional pressure or dependency on him because that is not the type of relationship you should have with your child. They shouldn't be your emotional support, you know, not when they're still a child. So I was surprised by that, but I guess because she became a mom at such a young age, maybe that's just who he always was to her is Mm -hmm. this emotional support because she never had the support of her husband and she was like overly attached to him. But I don't know, that kind of caught me by surprise. What about you? It was the intercepted call. That was my most shocking moment because first, gross. That's my first reaction. Gross, 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 gross. But also I immediately Googled to see if it was this detailed. And Oh, between Charles and Camilla? Yes, because I don't remember that. I remember my mom just, I remember that. Yeah. just being totally disgusted and being like, oh, this isn't for children. Rah, rah, rah. You know, just making sure I never heard about this. And my mom normally kept me in the loop when it came to news and events and whatnot, because she wanted to encourage me to read. And this was something that she was like, hard pass. Nope. Yeah. (laughs) You do not need to read this. And I mean, I just Googled it and I was like, oh, oh, well, this, this was real. Okay. But can we have some honorable mentions for the rest of the season? Yeah. Shout out to Claire Foy for making cameos as young Elizabeth. Mm -hmm. I was so excited to see that she was Still making little cameos, setting the bar for the queens, the other queens. But yes, love that. Her attachment to that yacht, though. I'm like, okay. Trying to get the money for the yacht, people. Okay, this is just, I could not even. This was, you know, her embodiment as a queen, this yacht. I'm like, guys, read the room. Right. (laughs) Oh, your yacht is being decommissioned. Cry me a river. Right. I would, if it was really on its last leg, I would find a way to make a profit off of whatever was still salvageable and okay, put that towards a new yacht. If that was what you're so upset about or donate it to charity and like make yourself look better to the general public. How do you feel like this season compared to earlier seasons for you? I'm still conflicted over who's my favorite Margaret. I am continuously loving everyone they're casting as Margaret. Oh yeah. Casting understood the assignment. And then Margaret's story how she got to like reconnect with her love and Mm -hmm. just them showing flashbacks to when they were first falling in love and how the monarch separated them. And Oh yeah, right in the feels. I had a really hard time watching any of the episodes with the kids, William and Harry in general. It just hit a nerve, which is what they wanted. I don't know, it pulls on the heartstrings. You're watching them both thrive today in their own different worlds. I, I mean, I love Harry and Meghan for one set of reasons. And I respect Will and Kate for theirs. Mm -hmm. I don't know, seeing them exploited the way that they were as kids. And Netflix showed that textbook just till no end. And I was like, God, Mm -hmm. that that had to be horrible. Mm -hmm. So next season's going to (laughs) be doozy. We're just going to be weeping. Right. We're going to be a mess. Yeah. Just a complete emotional wreck. Amanda asked me, she's like, I'm not caught up. How did it end? I'm like, well, seeing as how I'm emotionally stable right now, it didn't end how we thought it would end. So 
<laughs> podcast is now yes. on Etsy. Next Our season, shop has a variety of original, okay. custom-made, phantom-inspired no. artwork in and now it is time for the spotlight of the prints week. inspired by Outlander, Bridgerton, Harry Potter, Marvel, and more. You're sure to find a design that celebrates your favorite fandom. Link to our store and all the info will be in the show notes. Fangirls Podcast is brought to you by Believe Podcast Network. And we want to take a moment and thank you for tuning into our podcast. Please leave us a five-star review wherever you listen to podcasts so that we can dish and spill the tea with more fangirls and fan guys like you. Thank you so much for joining us today. Please be sure to subscribe to our podcast to hear all of our latest episodes. We love hearing from you. So connect with us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Check out our website to see all that the fangirls are up to. We post a monthly shopping guide called the Fangirl's Favorite Things, inspired by your favorite fandoms. All the information will be in the show notes. See you next time. See you next time. We here at the Fangirl's Podcast are not affiliated with the following. The English Monarchy, Netflix, anything related to the crown whatsoever in the history of ever we're just really big fans huge fans huge fans thank you for listening to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform check us out at believe.com and search for b-l-e-a-v on youtube 